I know what I feel. I know what it means. And that's all that matters. Jim Zoob, illustrated by Vivian Nigg from Love is Love, 2016 from IDW. I'm Megan, and this is All Odd Pages. Welcome, welcome! Megan here for the second episode. I came back. I didn't quit. Huzzah! Happy good times. (laughs) Alright, so this is the second episode, and I've decided that in honor of June, we're going to be doing a Pride episode. Yay! Pride Month! Woo! (laughs) Um, So we're going to be concentrating on some LGBTQ, AI plus type books. Um, Yeah, so basically queer lit. But I was really confused. Um, sorry for the weird squeaky sounds. Um, my producers, aka my cats, are running around. I am trying to do this recording in a new space, aka my closet. Yes, the irony is not lost on me, and the weirdness is not lost on my cats. So when I was planning this podcast, I was trying to do a lot of research, and I was a bit confused about how to narrow down this topic. I was wondering, do I do prose? Do I focus on some characters? Do I just do some fantasy, some realistic fiction, or just comics. So I decided to just focus in on comic. And from there I had to narrow it down further. So I was like, do I just do the real world comics? Do I do superheroes? Do I give you a history lesson? Do I focus on series, characters? Do I divide up the acronym and try to do, you know, one thing from each? What am I supposed to do? And so basically I decided to say, screw it, I'm just going to list a bunch of different books and things that I think are interesting, and hopefully you will too. Um, As much as I tried to do a lot of research on this, I know that I'm probably making some of what you guys think are egregious errors in titles. Forgive me or not, whatever. You know, come onto my Twitter, which is at All Odd Pages. Leave me a comment. Let me know what titles you think I should have added or characters you think were redundant to add. First of all, we're going to do a quick little history lesson because I'm a librarian and I research. It's what I do. So during my research, I found out this great thing from New York Times bestselling author Alan Kistler. Um, an article he did for History.com about the Comics Code Authority and how they kept LGBT characters out of mainstream superhero comic book stories for years. Through his article, I found out about this really great character called Arnie Roth. Arnie Roth was actually Captain America's original BFF. If you are a fan of the Marvel movies, you probably remember that Bucky is you know, kind of pictured as the one that was Steve Rogers' best childhood friend and protected him from a lot of the bullies and everything. But actually, that was... More Arnie Arnie Roth. In 1982, Arnie actually came out to Captain. It was kind of a harrowing story. He was kidnapped by Baron Zemo, and it was supposed to kind of destroy him and Captain's Captain America's relationship with this revelation. But it ended up making them stronger, and it's a really great story. I do recommend you going and looking it up. And for 1982, which was a really big time politically for the LGBTQ community, it was kind of a big deal, and I'm a bit sad that I didn't know about it until now, so go read that. So the first transgender superhero was a member of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, if you don't know, is kind of a superhero group of heroes that have some rather odd powers, and most of them don't actually see their powers as gifts. They kind of see them as curses. They just would rather not have them. It's a bit of a misfit team. When I first read the comic while I was doing research for this, I was, well, I was a bit shocked I was reading it, and I was kind of like, what the heck am I reading? Grant Morrison, what were you on during this run in the 90s? This is insane. I mean, literally, there is a sentient street at one point. There is just all kinds of insanity. It is a mind trip. I'm 
very excited. I finally read it. I'm sad I didn't read it before. I'm definitely going to go back and read more. But back to this main character. So Grant Morrison, back in 1993, in issue number 70, created this character of Kate Godwin. So Grant Morrison created this character with Rachel Pollock, who is a transsexual science fiction writer and expert in divinity tarot cards. Uh, Rachel Pollock has a really great site online. I do suggest you look it up. Kate Godwin was a pro- working as a prostitute when she met with Rebus, who was a member of Doom Patrol. And Rebus is a hermaphroditic spirit who's basically a combination of three different beings, a negative spirit, Larry, a white male test pilot, and Dr. Poole, a black female doctor. Yeah, I know. I told you, Dim Patrol is a very interesting group. So after a little liaison with Rebus, Kate Godwin discovered that she had the powers to make liquids into solids, solids into liquids, and she became the superhero Coagula. Now, originally, Kate Godwin tried to join the Justice League, but unfortunately, they were just not having her. Her costume, I guess, is a little too sexy. I saw her original costume. It's a bit, um, it's a bit feisty. (laughs) Not quite what I guess the, the Justice League was wanting. But she ended up becoming part of Doom Patrol after they saw her in action against a bad guy named Codpiece, who, you guessed it, pulls weapons out of a Codpiece. I know. I'm not making this up. This was 1993 and this was Doom Patrol. Thank you, Grant Morrison. So a little more history on transgender characters in the DC Universe. Um... We always talk about the different superhero characters, you know, this character's out, that character's out, but there was actually a really big moment back in 2013 when uh, Batgirl had um, Alyssa Yo, a character created by Gail Simone, who came out as trans to her roommate, Batgirl. Uh, this is a pretty big deal because Alyssa was not only a transgender character, she was also bisexual, she was a Singaporean-American and it was one of the first times that we saw a non-fantasy, non-science fiction, non-mature comic, non-superhero type character. This was just a mainstream comic book. It was just a character that was just like, hey, I am trans and everything was fine. We didn't see a lot of the character for a while, but in about 2015, she actually uh, got married, which was awesome. She got married to her girlfriend. Yay, DC, making some good choices. Now, if we could see some of that in the movies, that would be good. I'm just saying. Throwing that out there. One last little bit of history for you. Marvel actually had the first gay marriage in comics, at least as far as I could tell from my research. Please let me know if I'm wrong. But back in June 2012, they had a lovely June wedding in Astonishing X-Men's number 51 for the character Northstar, Jean-Paul, who is apparently some sort of Canadian sports star and a member of the X-Men who married his non-superhero boyfriend, Kyle. And they made a really big deal of it and they tried to, you know, carry on the regular... Astonishing X-Men storyline, but also throw this lovely little wedding for the couple. That is one of my last little bits of history for you. Now I'm going to go on to just some of the awesome other titles that I think you should all be reading and celebrating for the month of Pride and just in general. Let's get to it here for the actual Pathfinder part of the podcast, the actual suggestions. If you're looking for good LGBTQAI plus type books... Here are some to look for. First of all, Jughead. In February of 2016, the character of Jughead came out as asexual in the Chip Zdarsky and Erica Henderson run. This was in Jughead number four when he officially came out. There's been a bit of a controversy because this is not, while it is considered canon in the comic books, it is not considered canon in the shows. I would love to get more into that because I'm a huge fan of the show and I do love where they're going with the Riverdale and Jughead comics. But unfortunately, we don't have time for that, and it's not the topic. We'll talk about it later. 
Anyway, so Jughead came out as asexual, which is something that people had been talking about for a long time, that Jughead seemed to kind of be an asexual, aromantic character. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a bit curious, let me give you a quick definition. Asexuality is defined as a lack of sexual attraction to anyone or a low or absent interest or desire for sexual activity, which if you think about it, for Jughead kind of makes sense because he's way more interested in just food and living his life. And that's perfectly fine. An aromantic person is a person who experiences a little or no romantic attraction to others. Where romantic people have an emotional need to be with another person in a romantic relationship, aromantics are often satisfied with friendships and other non-romantic relationships. I got this off of online on Wiki and looking for other information on what is a good way to sum up asexuality and aromantic. If you were a fan of Gem and the Holograms back in the late 80s, or in my case, the cartoon reruns in the 90s, you may have seen episode 31, The Band Breaks Up an episode that aired in 1987 and launched the Kimber Stormer ship. That's right. Two of the characters, Kimber and Stormer, left the bands and formed their own little mini band for a full episode. And suddenly, girls everywhere, guys everywhere were like, yes, I ship it. This ship became officially canon 28 years later in the 2015 comic book of Gem and the Holograms out of IDW, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Sophie Campbell, who is herself a transgender artist. Um, I'm mentioning this because I think it is very important not only to have representation on the comic book pages, but behind the pencils and the pens. Um, with colors by M. Victoria Robedo. The colors in these comics are so beautiful. If you go look up Gem and the Holograms' uh, current comic runs of 2015, the art is gorgeous. The stories are so fun. And Kimber and Stormer are finally canon. Yes! There have been some arguments about some bisexual erasure because Kimber in the cartoons did show some interest in men. I can't really say one way to the other because if I'm perfectly honest... I was like six or seven, and I was way more interested in trying to convince my mom to let me pierce my ears and get Gem and the Holograms earrings, and convincing her to let me wear my Gem wig to school. I really wasn't paying attention to ships or who people were interested in. Other really interesting facts about the Gem and the Holograms current comics, other than the fact that they are amazing and I love them so very much with every bit of my soul, is the fact that there are some other characters on there that are our little topic for the day. There's Blaze, aka Leah Dwyer, who is a transgender character who is dating Clash, aka Constance Montgomery. So you've got some more ladies loving ladies. You've got some more representation. This comic is gorgeous. It's got great stories. It's really fun. It goes into some interesting places. It's a little bit of heightened reality. I mean, you do have to kind of spend belief, but I do recommend it out of almost everything I'm going to talk about today. If you take one thing away from it, it's Go read Gem and the Holograms. You will not regret it. Now I'm just going to move on to some team-ups. These are some teams that just have some really stellar LGBTQAI plus type characters. First of all, Runaways, Brian K. Vaughn. Now, I already talked about Xavian, who is a scroll back in my first podcast, the She-Hulk one, because Xavian is a lovely green character and... They are gender fluid and they've got this wonderful, loving relationship with their girlfriend, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, aka Caroline. P.S. If the Hulu show does not find a way to work this into itself, I will be devastated and there will be strongly worded letters. So I'm not so much going to talk about Runaways today. I'm instead going to talk about one of the teams that they've crossed over with very frequently, Young Avengers. Now, Young Avengers started in 2005 by Alan Heinberg. And later on, there was a second iteration of the team by Karen Gillian. Now, both iterations of the team had one star standout couple, Teddy and Billy, Hulkling and Wiccan, respectively. Teddy and Billy 
didn't really officially come out right at the beginning, but it was obvious that the two of them were made for each other in totes in love. They are amazing, and their love is beautiful, and I ship it. Now, Teddy is a super scroll. Billy is the spirit of the son of Scarlet Witch, or one of the twins, spirits of Scarlet Witch and Vision from the whole House of M debacle. And so they both got superpowers and they both love each other and they both fight in the Young Avengers and on all kinds of Avengers and they really will do anything for each other, even if it means breaking the universe, which does not end well. But their relationship is one of the best and I think personally think really well fleshed out relationships in kind of the Marvel super team verse. Now in the second iteration of Young Avengers, we got a kind of brand new team. We got America Chavez, who has been in a variety of teams and is currently in her own solo series. Now America Chavez is Latina. She's sassy. She's a lesbian. She can literally kick her way through dimensions. When I say literally, I mean she literally kicks and hits through different dimensions into other worlds. She's basically a badass. I really hope we get to see her in the Marvel Universe, but she is currently like the hot new character in the Marvel Universe, but one of the first places I really read her was in Young Avengers when she was in this team. Other characters that fit our little pride list would be Prodigy, who is a character originally from the X-Men. He was in a whole bunch of different X-Men comics, but also House of M, he became depowered. And he is a bisexual character. Prodigy was a character that could, when he touched someone, pretty much take on their knowledge and their skills and such, but he couldn't keep them for very long. One time he was able to basically see what would happen if he could keep them all. It did not end well and things exploded and it was badness. After he was depowered, he was still able to maintain a whole lot of all these memories and everything. And as a result, he did say that it did affect his sexuality in some way because he had absorbed experiences and feelings and things from men and women of various degrees. I don't know. I would love to talk to someone about this because I was a little bit confused, but he's still a really fun character. Yeah, that is the LGBTQ AI lineup of the Young Avengers as is. I hope we get to see some more Young Avengers and see what happens. So that's Marvel. And now we're going to go into a DC team called The Movement by Gail Simone and... Freddie E. Williams. It ran for 12 issues, two full volumes in 2013. Sadly, only those two issues are what happened, which is sad because it was a pretty cool story, but apparently not even a crossover from Batgirl could save it. It's basically about a bunch of kids that live in a city called Coral City. It's got really corrupt cops, really corrupt bad guys, and they kind of just have their own little vigilante group. They've got a couple different characters that fit, again, the pride list that we're trying to come up with. First of all, there is their leader, Virtue, Holly Ann Fields, who is a empath and has enhanced senses and can do astral projection, fear projection, she can become intangible, etc. And is currently dating a weather manipulator called Sarah Rainmaker. Next up, we have Tremor, aka Roshanna Chantry, who has geokinesis, meaning she can pretty much make, you know, tremors happen in the earth. She states very bluntly in the second volume that she is a sexual. She basically has to come out when her teammate Mouse will not stop pursuing her because he has a massive crush on her. So she basically just says, I'm asexual. It's not going to happen. And lastly, there is another character. I'm sorry, this is going to ruin one of the best little surprises lines in the series. Sorry, spoilers. I apologize. You can plug your ears for a few seconds. So there's a character for Christopher Gay, who is Amish and goes by the name Burden. He is a shapeshifter that goes into kind of a demonic form. After nearly being burned alive and murdered by his family, he basically turns around and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I like boys. Yeah, so those are the LGBTQ characters in the movement. Next up, I'm just going to basically give you some hot titles with some good characters that fit the Pride theme. We've got Honor Girl by Maggie Thrash, which is an award-winning graphic novel memoir. And it's just a touching coming-of-age story about a girl going to summer camp and kind of dealing with the fact that she has a crush on her female counselor. And the way she kind of gets away from it is just concentrating on the fact that she's just really good at riflery. If you like 
kind of those slice of life memoir type stories if you're looking for kind of a almost lighter version of something like the classic fun home this might be a good one for you to go in a completely other direction but no less fun we've got space battle lunchtime out of oni press by natalie reese got eight issues so far it started in 2016 and it's just about an earth baker who winds up in kind of a intergalactic baking battle kind of like the great british british bake-off but in space. It's a really sweet read. The art is really gorgeous. It's fun. It's in these really pretty rose tones. And it's just a happy, happy read. There's some really cute meat cutes with one the um, our little baker character. Peony has this cute little meat cute with one of the other late with us like Lady Alien. And it's just a really cute little story. I suggest you pick up the first volume. ASAP. There is something out of Aspen right now called No World. Now people may have heard of this. It is so brand new that the second issue isn't even going to be out till after I have recorded this podcast. So No World. Scott Lobdell has created this new comic book. Now Lobdell did have some controversy about five years ago with some of his portrayal of women and one of his trans characters. It was not very good for him. But this time around, he seems to have gotten it right. He actually has a, this badass 250-pound trans woman who used to be part of the NFL. She looks amazing. I saw a one-page spread kind of sneak peek of her, and she seems to be really cool. And I can't wait to read the second issue. I've only read the first one so far. Uh, the first issue was out in February, and the second one will be out at the end of May, which is before I will be finished recording this. So by the time this posts, I've read the second one, and I will hopefully post about it. What I think. So when um, Lobel was actually writing this character, he actually people were asking him if he was doing any actual research, and he actually did. He took the time to consult with actress Shakika Nafak, who is from Difficult People. He also took the time to consult with trans writer and filmmaker Christian Baranek, which is why I'm bringing up some of their work next. So Christian is one of the creators of the webcomic Validation, which you can find at validationcomic.com, which is the story of Allie, a transgender girl who is just doing her best to live a fulfilling day-to-day life. That's the blur from the um, the webcomic. I did not write that. That is their blur, but it pretty much sums it up. It's a really cute, sweet little webcomic. Um, Christian has done a lot of amazing work, and this is just, I think, one of her best. Um, some other webcomics we've got, Girls with Slingshot, which is no longer running new strips, but is cur- the creator, Danielle Corsetto, is currently running old strips with... Sorry, um, sound effect. The cat was currently voicing their opinion. They are also a fan of Girls with Slingshots. So as I was saying, the creator, Danielle Corsetto, is currently running Girls with Slingshots, um, old bat comics, fully in color, ones that were black and white and with comments, just rerunning old strips and still selling old original pages and stuff. I love what Girls with Slingshots was one of the first web comics I read and it is just my favorite thing in the world. I own every single printed copy. But back to the characters. Girls with Slingshot actually features, let's see, they've got Darren who's a gay drag queen. They've got power couple Thea and Mimi who are basically a roller girl and a book editor of awesomeness. Oh my gosh, I love them so much. They are relationship goals. Let's see, we've got Jamie, who is a polyamorous bisexual and generally my spirit animal. I want to be as happy as Jamie. I want to be as positive as Jamie. We should all strive to be Jamie in our lives. And her wonderful girlfriend, Erin, who is asexual and a baker and smart and cute and who saves her in volume four when they first meet from a lovely, well-meaning boy who happens to suffer from cartoonitis. Poor thing. Yeah, so, and that relationship actually resulted in one of the best cards I think Daniel Cresetta ever created next to anything she puts McPedro, the talking cactus, or any of her cat characters on, which is the happy as a clam. Go look it up. I, I can't even describe it. It's too magical. Go look at it and go buy it. P.S. Daniel Cresetta is not paying me to say that. I'm just saying go look at it and buy it because it's 
amazing. I don't even know if it's still for sale. Just get it. And my last webcomic for this podcast would be Questionable Content by Jeff Jackis. Now... Questionable content it was originally just kind of like an indie emo alternative music webcomic, but it has evolved to this fantastic, long lasting story about love and growing up and jobs and all kinds of fun stuff. But currently, the main character, Martin, has this really cute, fun, librarian esque girlfriend, Claire August, who is transgender. I'm not going to say that she's one of my favorite things ever because she's an adorable, redheaded librarian, just like yours truly, but you know, she is. And yeah, she's, she's a transgender character and a lot of people, I remember when this first happened, there was a lot of, there was a handful, well, I don't know if a lot, but there was a handful of articles being like, shock, what? <sighs> no, dude, they fell in love and it was amazing. All right, so my last two kind of suggestions on this oddly winding pathfinder. I told you, I was really nervous for this one. I did all this research and there was just so much I wanted to talk about and there's still more and I'm just not gonna be able to get to it. But here's two more things I suggest you read. So these are two compilations. First is The Secret Love of Geek girls edited by hope nicholson which is pretty much just a bunch of really great comic book and prose stories from different geeks about you know just love and loss and all that stuff with everything from authors margaret atwood marjorie Liu, mariko tamika marguerite bennett my personal favorite one in this was how fan fiction made me gay by jm frey yeah it, it's got straight love lesbian love every kind of love in there because love is love which brings me to my very final one now this is where i got the quote at the beginning of the podcast so we all remember the tragic shooting pulse orlando pulse shooting well idw brought a bunch of writers together to create this gorgeous compilation graphic novel called love is love and to quote the publisher they said all material has been kindly donated by writers artists and editors with all proceeds going to the victims survivors and their families so this book is by turns just awe-inspiring. It has got some of the best art I've seen. It's it's kind of mixture of like little two-page stories and single-page stories and just one-page art and prose. And it's like there's funny ones like the Harley Ivy Love is Love by Paul um, Dini uh, to kind of the heart-crushing Hate Crimes Hurt More Than Who the Bullets Hit by um, Eddie Gordotsky. It's, it is worth a read. It is worth a purchase. It is something that I feel should be in your collection. It, it is the perfect way to end this list. It is a beautiful compilation and a gorgeous comic with such a wonderful message. Every person that participated, you can tell, put forth their best effort and put their heart into it. So let's sum up this rather unwielding Pathfinder. I decided that's how I'm going to end all these Pathfinders. Theoretically, I'm going to try to just bring it all together. So my goal was to kind of bring you a list of just some comics you wouldn't quite think of when you were thinking of things to read during Pride Month. And I chose to focus on comics because that's what I know. I will probably do a prose one later, but let's sum it up. First of all, you're going to go to history.com and you're going to look up Alan Kistler and you are going to read up on his Comics Code Authority articles. Um, you're going to look up um, Arnie stuff about Arnie Roth, Captain America's original BFF. You're going to go look up Doom Patrol number 70 to find out all about Coagula because she is badass and the first transgender superhero. You're going to go to Batgirl number 19 and read about the first time Alyssa Yeo came out. You're going to go find Batgirl number 19 by Gail Simone and read about Alyssa Yeo. You're going to then take a trip back down memory lane to Astonishing X-Men number 51 out of June 2012 and read about the lovely wedding of North Star and his boyfriend Kyle. Then you're going to take a nice little trip to Riverdale and read in Jughead number 4, which you can also find in Jughead volume 1. And then most importantly of all in this entire list, you are going to go and read every single bit of the new Gem and the Holograms comic book, which started in 2015. Trust me. You will not be sorry. This is one of the most gorgeous comics currently running. Well, they're currently taking a little hiatus, so you can catch up. You have plenty of time. 
It's beautiful. Go to your library. Go to your comic store. Get it. Next, you're going to go read up on Runaways. The Hulu show is coming out anyways, so you're going to want to read up on them. You know, just to get caught up, you're going to find out about Xavian and Caroline and be like, yay, I ship it. Then you're going to go read all of the Young Avengers. Don't worry, there's only like six or so trades. I don't know. The newest ones are great. The older ones are great. Young Avengers, just in general, are a solid read. Then you're going to read both volumes of The Movement. And then we've got Honor Girl by Maggie Thrash, Space Battle Lunchtime by Natalie Reese, both issues of No World. You're going to mosey on over to the web and check out Validation at validationcomics.com. Check out girlswithslingshots.com. Questionable content. And then you're going to go check out the compilations, The Secret Loves of Geek Girls. And finally, you are going to purchase and adore the book Love is Love out of IDW Publishing. So that's, that's pretty much it. That is my comic book pride podcast. I have probably forgotten a whole bunch of stuff. I have probably used this new audio equipment that my friend so thankfully sent me. I probably used it very, very wrongly. Uh, hopefully it doesn't sound awful. But yeah, leave me some notes on the Twitter handle, uh, at all odd pages. You know, all the links are here. Maybe send me an email. Again, it's at all odd pages at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know what I can do better. You know someone that has some better book recommendations? That'd be cool if you have an idea for a theme. Yeah, this is pretty much the end of the show. It's just me saying, hey, I only theoretically know what I'm doing. It's been lovely chatting with you. It was fun doing all this research. I can't wait to do another one. Keep reading and find some new twisty book path to go down. Laters.